0: I welcome to sonic talk episode 507 recording today live on wednesday the what is it 27th of september gosh autumn is upon us very swiftly we're almost <laughs> there uh, this is the podcast to do with uh, music technology all the things that kind of surround it to do with uh, music uh, software controllers synthesizers drum machines control uh, i've said controllers i said controllers twice last week as well uh, so please stay tuned if that's what you're interested in and uh, feel free to subscribe uh, to our youtube channel uh, then you'll get notified every time we go live this will also be available if you've only come in halfway through although i guess this is the beginning to uh for um full upload a bit later on after the show i just need to uh sort out the uh the edit and what have you but uh welcome everybody i also want to say welcome to uh youtube chat room uh which you can see there you can usually find us via if you subscribe to the channel you'll be let known nice to see you uh you all there welcome one and all and also our dedicated irc chat room which you can find at sonicstate.com forward slash live that's the uh, the way to do it uh, i'm going to remember to plug this at the beginning as well i should also say um if you want any sonic state merch we've got some merch on the go this is the uh, delicious mug that uh, tea just somehow tastes better through there are lots of other little designs and colors and variants t-shirts hoodies that sort of stuff uh, if you just head over to sonicstate.com there's a link there to the store and you can uh, avail yourself of any of that stuff um Also want to say thank you very much to uh, Isotope for providing the RX-6 prize for this week's competition. Uh, More on that later. Obviously, that is the kind of de facto standard for audio processing and fixing. If you've got any problems at all, background noise, hiss, uh, distortion, all sorts of stuff, it'll fix any of that stuff. So I want to say... uh, Thanks to them once again. So let's get on to our panelists. Uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Dave Spears, who's over there in uh, his uh, home setup, which has changed slightly. I think. Uh, I think he's he's in Studio B. Or would you call this Studio A or Studio B, Dave? <laughs> uh, uh,
1: probably Studio B now. Well, Studio no, no Studio A at the minute.
0: Okay, it's the one that's working, right? Yes, everybody. <laughs> And he of course, Dave Sp- fate. Yeah, Dave Spear's G4 Software. Um, you actually just released uh, the Chambertron. Um, was it yesterday or this morning? I think wasn't it? Which is a, a, a new rack extension from you guys, right?
1: Yep, yesterday.
0: Whew. And how's that going? Yeah, exciting. I, look, I, I even look, I, I'll just give you a quick taste of it. It's got your voice all over it as well. So- these are various tapes from the original Chamberlain, which was kind of precursor to the Mellotron. Ah. 35 Chamberlain tape banks. Available at Reason Rack extension, which might link into a project a little bit later on. The Chambertron re. There he goes. I'm gonna. I, I we guess. can hear your voice for real. But, uh, yeah, exciting. So uh, be, I guess that's what you've been working on for a while, right?
1: yeah yeah when we we, because we did retron and before we put out restrings, people were asking for some of the chamberlain sounds and then Streetly electronics you know who were the original melotron makers back in the 60s came to us with their chamberlain tapes and we kind of went oh because people have been asking for an expansion pack but there's 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 something in the way that uh the rack extension kind of patch hierarchy works that it made it difficult for us to put things in retron because it would probably screw up their uh, the user's songs so we kind of went you know what let's just do like a trilogy of rack extensions uh and this one yeah no i think it sounds amazing and that little video clip was like a little bit of a homage a very sad homage to fallout which any games nerd will know <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. No one don't, plays Fallout here. I don't know that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not a <laughs> okay. Fallouter. Anyway, Dave, it's a pleasure to have you as ever. And also, we have Mr. Ben Wilson, aka Div Kid, who is uh, back with us. He's taken some time out to uh, to celebrate the birth of his child. Congratulations, Ben. You're looking not looking tired or anything.
2: Yeah. Thank you, uh, Div Dad. I guess. Uh, oh yes,
0: yeah, but well, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, div baby div dad div mum uh, yes we've had all is that, that. <laughs> yeah it's all going well
0: excellent well i'm glad is to that, hear it i suppose a... there's no sorry oh that's gaz as well is that
2: a fisher price is that a fisher
3: price
0: uh although gaz's video is yeah. frozen but never mind
2: is that a fisher price activity <laughs> center i'm gonna get them uh just as uh, gaz mentioning fisher, fisher price I mean, sonically it's not, but there is a joke between a few of our modular friends that the Bug Brand things look a little bit Fisher Price. Um, I'll get us started on this PT delay, and then we'll work up to some other stuff.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Pleased to have you around, Ben. I suppose as much asking you what you've been up to because it's going to be pretty self-evident from the fact that you're, you know, you've been. We know what you've been up to, and uh, <laughs> and that's going to be pretty much <laughs> yeah. what it comes down to. And, uh, of course, Gaz Williams as well, who is frozen, but we can still hear him. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I couldn't answer that question. How are you, Gaz? Gaz Williams, professional bass player and uh, music technologist and uh, portrait artist by the looks of things at the moment. But we'll we'll work on that. try and
3: talk like this to make not yeah, so look like
0: my video is stuck.
3: Um, I, I why is that stuck? That's I don't, annoying. I don't know. Yeah. I'm really not like that in real life. I can guarantee.
0: No, he's usually much more animated.
3: <laughs> what should I do? Should <laughs> I try calling him back in?
0: Yeah, well, oh. maybe finish your introduction first, and then we'll then we'll oh, get you back. Okay. To... It,
3: How are you, of... Gaz?
0: Apart from apart from feeling a bit static at the moment,
3: <laughs> I'm good. We've just filmed our new machine review, haven't we? Nick?
0: Yeah, machine uh, Mark three.
3: That, enjoyed that. I think that's it's very cool. I like it a lot. Uh, so I guess that will be coming soonish. Um,
0: uh, yes, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on. While Gaz, while Gas <laughs> sorts himself out and comes back, we'll perhaps uh, we'll perhaps get and uh, get onto uh, our first topic. And I can play a bit of introduction video because that's what I like to do from time to time.
2: As musicians, we don't ask for much. I mean, when it all comes down to it. All we really need is, well, more everything. Evolving pads, 808 basses, plucks, leads, rhythmic sequences. No, more. Monophonic unison supersaw wavetable harmonics with custom envelope modulation routings. More. Pianos that bring tears, pianos that raise fists, pianos that don't sound like pianos at all. More. Drums that are dirty, tight, beefy, punchy, tuned, lo-fi, and down for big drops and tape stops.
0: More. Inst- well, that uh, rather long-winded introduction is basically uh, the news that Reason 10 has been announced. Uh, it's going to be out on, I think, October 25th. You can pre-order it now, uh, or if you buy Reason now, you get a free upgrade. So uh, you won't be left out if that's the case. Reason 10, obviously, uh, kind of linked up, I guess, with, De- with Dave uh, G4 Software's uh, release of the uh, Chambertron, um, but... Seems like it's kind of a big content update. There's not. It doesn't seem they are, they're not listing any new features necessarily, but they are listing that there's a whole bunch of new instruments. There's a grain and Europa synths. In fact, if I go to the web page here, we should be able to see what there is. So we got uh, that that synth there. Uh, that's Europa, which is a very um. Uh, what's the what's the, what does that look like? It looks like I'm trying to think of the uh, the modular manufacturer Ben. You probably know who that looks a bit like that the red with the red. Red knobs, I've forgotten what it is, red knobs and faders. There's also grain grain sample manipulator, new sampled instruments and a couple of included rack extensions. So lots there for you if you're already a Reason fan, lots of extra content. And that sort of seems to be the kind of main focus of this. Uh, I'll start with you, Dave, because, I mean, I guess you're working sort of in the, the propellers. Fit. I know not many of us, or I, I certainly don't use Reason, so I can't really comment on what it needs and what it has to have. But a lot more content seems to be the way things are going right now, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Get people hooked with more content, more stuff. Actually, the synths look quite interesting. I haven't had the opportunity to try them out yet. And even if I had, I probably couldn't talk about it. Oh, I suppose I could, but I haven't. Uh, but I do quite like the look of that Europa.
0: And actually that's it's great that Verboss, yeah. thank you very much in the chat room. Uh, M- Mugshu uh, chat room yes. calls it verbos Yeah, it looks a little bit Verboss-y like. If I can make that, yeah. So it's got that kind of, uh, that kind of look to it. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, other than the fact that we're actually uh, – announcing it, I guess it's going to be hard for us to kind of... Comment. I don't know, Ben, are you a Reason user or have you been a Reason user? I mean, some of us have used it in the past, but not. I, I certainly don't find it as part of my current setup.
2: Yeah, I haven't had it for quite a while. I started out on Reason and first kind of experience, although I didn't know it at the time, um, modular-ish experience, I guess, plugging in the CV stuff around the back, flipping the rack around. Uh, it definitely helped me learn how to kind of use a rack and a patch-based system in a studio when I had... use used 2 or 2.5, I think, I came in until around version 4 or 5, possibly 6, and I haven't seen it since. Um, I think this looks great, though. Um, the grains on the granular synth, having all the overlap and the grain envelope controls, uh, looks really powerful. Um, I do like the kind of red Buchla. I think they're Rogan knobs, though, if anyone wants to repurpose a synth with those red knobs, they're Rogans, I think, Um verbos style looking synth yeah i've not used it for quite a while but i'm certainly keen to try it out um i think it would suit me with a kind of modular mentality being able to patch things around the back
0: yeah it definitely has a kind of uh, a, a, an aesthetic that appeals you know it's, you, you, t- you tend to find as with most DAWs, you tend to find people who are into it are really into it and are very evangelical about it i know gaz is uh, uh i mean more content i don't know if you're you're not a reason user are you
3: I just would prefer it to go less, less kind of presets, you know, spend more time on your own creativity rather than more, more, more. I think we've got too much stuff as it goes anyway. So I'm not sure that more, more, more is such a great selling. Uh, Well, it certainly doesn't work for me. I kind of get overwhelmed by feeling guilty with all this software, with all this more. I've got more, more, more stuff to, you know, more reasons not to do anything, you know, that's (laughs) why it feels like a little bit. So I don't know, I mean, but to be fair, though, to be fair, the the new plugins do actually look really good. Um, I just, I don't know, I'm just a bit down on the whole kind of, you know, more stuff bloated massive thing you know I mean that just that's just me though I'm kind of going to smaller simpler kind of things for creativity purposes really um but yeah as I say though I mean they do look really good and the grain the grain thing I mean it, it reminded me a little bit of uh form and uh, native instruments uh which is really really good fun so if it's got a similar workflow to that I think that looks like a really worthy addition but, yeah but
0: yeah, less. Well, um, it's gonna. <laughs> I think it's going to be about 129 bucks uh, or 129 euros or dollars to upgrade on the 25th. I think there's a beta. If I, Did I read that right? Uh, was there a beta? No, maybe I didn't read that right. Let's have a look. New sampled. I'm just scrolling down to have a look at that. Uh, can I beta test? Maybe uh, you can sign up. Yeah, so there is a pe- potential for a beta if you fancy a bit of that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of... One of the, I don't know how many, what is it, Big Five, Big Six? I mean, that that it's an ever-expanding sort of collection of DAWs that are seen as kind of the, the main players, so it's good to see at least one of them is getting a major upgrade like that. So, anyway, as I said, good news, and if you want to check it out, go to propellerheads.se. Okay, uh, and of course, uh, at the other end of the scale, we've got SampleBot from A Tasty Pixel, which uh, SampleBot is... Uh, well, a tasty pixel, I should say. They're the guys that brought you Loopy and Audio Bus, are very I smart programmers. Be so the idea behind this is, uh, I won't play the whole thing, is just literally you sample into a pad, you get to mess around with it, but it's also got lots and lots of very deep MIDI integration so you can control it from external things like Loopy did. Loopy, Loopy was one of the first applications, um, apart from maybe Thumb Jam, to really deeply integrate, integrate MIDI control and all this audio bus stuff. I'll go to you, Gaz, because I know you're a fan of the old iOS. I will go to Gaz because that's Gaz. Uh, iOS side of things. Is this, is this exciting your boat? floating your excitement
3: it's it's frustrating me a little bit actually because um michael tyson the developer has been developing this like loopy masterpiece edition uh which seems to have gone all quiet i mean i thought it should be out by now so i think he's been uh, sidetracked i think he has actually like ben become a, a, a father um so that maybe gives him a little bit of a an excuse but i'm a bit I'm a bit annoyed with him because i want to see loopy masterpiece edition i love loopy uh, this however is pretty cool i mean this is it's simple i mean it's very simple and in its simplicity is both a good thing and maybe a limiting thing it's uh it reminds me a little bit of uh, acid where you've got acid has a sample on a track and then anytime you want you can just sort of like draw within that track and it'll draw the sample as many times as you want uh as opposed to different things living on the same track um so that's quite you know it's got a very simple uh and it's very uh colorful and uh and beautifully animated and smooth and you know it's really kind of well programmed for sure does it me this time not particularly because um Actually, a lot of my iOS time, I'm just uh, immersed with getting my head around Beatmaker 3, which is, uh, you know, which is like the opposite end of the spectrum from SampleBot. But, you know, fair fair dues, though. I mean, it is a a lovely and simple to use uh, piece of software. One which I'd imagine would be really cool if you're working in music education. I want to get people uh, interested in stuff, you know, because it's so colourful and easy to use and people will just understand it like that, which that's a cool thing.
0: Yeah, well, actually, uh, Michael uh, Tyson, the developer, who is not only the developer, but he, he he's a kind of auteur of iOS apps. As a lot of people who develop iOS apps. They kind of do everything from the GUI to the whole kind of kit and caboodle. So he's kind of in charge of everything. And he's, he's uh, found a sort of direct line to, I forgot the name of the guy now, who's uh, the big TV USB TV celebrity that he keeps, uh, uh, who, who's using, who was using, uh, sorry? Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, and, and uh, he's been sort of plugging it, so I'm sure it must result in a few sales. And nice work. I know Ben. I, I know you use iOS stuff yourself. I mean, it, this could be kind of fun. I mean, he, he said that he used it he was inspired uh, by using it for uh, to to for his kid to enjoy. So uh, maybe there's a maybe there's an element of that, but could be useful. You're muted. I think.
2: Ah, there we go. There Sorry. we go.
0: That's a drink I for somebody.
2: <laughs> I was typing away in the chat room um, Yeah, it looks a little bit simple on the front for me but um, I am teaching, that's the kind of day job and it's it, it'd be perfect for that we're just looking at trying to get the kind of production side of a college course up and some of that is very basic um, you know, people coming in at 16 that have never they've just all of a sudden realised they want to play music they don't play a traditional instrument and we're trying to give them an avenue uh, and I think we'll try this out actually Um, I'll maybe report back on this one. I'll try it out this week and see how it goes. Um, I I didn't see much about the editing. That was the only thing I wanted to see more of in that um, introduction video. It's pretty limited. You can trim your samples and you can adjust the volume and pan, but there's not a lot else. Ah, Yeah, well, that's kind of all we need to get, you know, people making beats quite quickly. There's a lot to be said. I think much like last time I was on with Ty, that Digitech pedal, the Jam pedal. Um, I don't think I'd use it personally ever. And as Ty said, but amazing for a lot of people. Um, I think this would work.
0: Yeah, it could well do. With a simple audio interface. I know, Dave. I don't know whether you use any kind of mobile apps for actual music creation on your iPhone or iPad or anything. Or where, you know, why would you when you've got all of that stuff to play with? I mean, I suppose.
1: I do buy things. Yeah, I I recognise that pattern. (laughs) Yeah, I never seem to kind of get into him. And plus, I don't know what's going on with my phone, but I seem to lose apps. I'm wondering whether sometimes when I put it in my pocket, you know, like it's held and then I might accidentally press. I went to find a calculator today on my phone. It was like the calculator's not there. So you do search and then you have to download it again. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. My phone's misbehaving. Uh, Pocket trust As for this, yeah, maybe. I mean, this sounded kind of tight, you know. It all sounded tight. I quite like the way, you know, people like Doctor Luke and your hero, Mister Martin, work. They don't really use MIDI and stuff at all, do they? They just use audio, and it's like punched to the grid. Uh, and what was it two 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 ninety nine dollars? Yeah, just so kind anything, of worth. Really. A, might be worth a, a worth a laugh, worth a punt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I've bought kind of everything from. Remember that little? uh It was kind of like a Theremin thing, or was it Bebot or something like that? Oh yeah, that yeah, was like, one of the first, wasn't it? That was the Ordinary Dash app, yeah. Yeah, and the and the Moog thing, and I've I've just kind of. But I've never really ended up kind of getting obsessed by them in the same way that I get obsessed by <clears> other software synths or real synths. So yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, it's context, I think, for a lot of people as well. Well, anyway, you can check it out. Uh, atastypixel.com uh, will lead you there. Uh, uh, like you say, it came out uh, September 20th. And uh, once again, it's another one of those sort of great apps from um, our friend over at, uh, uh, to, well, Michael Tyson is his name, in fact, who, uh, uh, when I remember I was talking, because we were talking about uh, uh, about apps sometime in the distant past, and uh, he was seemed to be living the life. He was just in an RV driving around Europe with a programming stuff in his on the table in the sort of in the back of the van you know and it you know and generating income and just sort of living the life that just sounded like a real kind of one of those sort of dream gigs it made me feel really jealous
3: yeah Yeah. there is something worth mentioning with him though is that he has created that um like underlying uh, audio engine hasn't he i think what's it called the fantastic audio engine or it's got some name like that um which I think other people maybe have used in their app. So he's a very clever guy. So I think maybe this app is going to be quite robust in that respect. I haven't really tried yeah. it enough to be able to judge that. I have with Loopy uh, a lot. I've used it in, in an enormous amount. So based on my experience with that, I think that th- that side of it, you know, that it being been a reliable. And uh, again, I haven't tried it with MIDI yet. So apologize, apologies for that, but um imagine because because he's because he builds audio engines that that underlying thing will be really really strong with it
0: yeah i think that's probably very true uh anyway um let's see what else we got oh yeah well we got to get this who needs um massive koto drum door slam jump cut effects because here we go
2: (laughs) all of us
0: (laughs) this is the new spitfire audio zimmer uh effect at zimmer a percussion library And if you're listening to this on big speakers, you will appreciate that there is an enormous amount of bottom end. They, they produced these at, uh, I think it was air, with orchestral players. I'll play the whole thing just so we can have a, our fill. Very nice. There we go. So that's the new Spitfire Audio uh, Hands In My Percussion Library, which I've got the uh, page up here. Actually, in fact, I, I was looking on it, and uh, I think Thai First Wave, Ty Omwin, did one of the demos as well. Which uh, I wonder what that sounds like. This, yeah. There we go. All of that kind of big kind of ba- it's which is is what a lot of editors want and require, in films, and it adds all that kind of like percussive accenting, and it's. It's sort of a cliche, but, I mean, he kind of invented it, didn't he? So if you're getting it from him, then that's got to be the right thing. Right, Dave?
1: It was a time for heroes. It was a time for big drums. Everyone must have big drums. Yeah, no, my first thought was, actually, my first thought was, ah, Paul Clavis, who uh, is a very good friend of Rick Smith's and who contributes to Underworld stuff, uh, who's an amazing percussion player. Uh, And my second thought was, I bet Ty's got this because I seem to remember hearing, you know, lots of this stuff. Well, you hear it everywhere, don't you? And uh, I do. I was kind of lying in bed late one night and that Ty's 1066 thing came on, which I thought was brilliant. But there was a lot of it was a time for the Norman conquest (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. um, Essential if you're doing this kind of work. I've got, uh, in fact, Hans did some stuff when Eric did the Bob Moog uh, Foundation library for Spectrosonics, and there's a load of stuff uh, in there from Hans, which I've used on and off. Um, it doesn't really work in kind of techno or light orchestra <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's too big. <laughs> <laughs> there's a time the thing for is... techno.
0: Yeah. Some sort of little weedly synth fly with a just doesn't quite work. I don't know, it's, but it definitely has its place. The, I mean, you know, and I think the mic stuff. Yeah, I mean, all of the, the ability. It to, was brilliant.
1: I mean, I kind of take the mickey a little bit, but it was brilliant. I mean, when you've got that close mic and then you can play up the scale. And obviously, in uh, looking at the um, contact player, you know, you've got the shading for the keys, which give you the different zones. So, yeah, I think it's a kind of essential. It is an essential purchase for anybody who's doing this kind of
0: stuff. Yeah, I think. Uh, what did I say? It's about uh, twenty gigs of disk space required. If I go to there, uh, free contact player, so it works with the regular contact. I think it's about. I had it written down two five nine at the moment. I don't know, uh, Gaz. You know, I, I, I'm guessing. You know, you're not doing that kind of orchestral <coughs> cinematic stuff, so it probably doesn't quite, but quite have a, a purpose that. in your arsenal. It's a. I've,
3: Beautiful piece of software, incredibly made. Looks great to use, but I'm really not interested in it. And I suspect that Hans Zimmer isn't interested in it either, particularly. I reckon he's finished with that now, so that's his way of signing off that. Right, I'm moving into passages new. There you go, and like everyone else can, you know, do it to death. I'm bored of it. Actually, that stuff is just uh, so. Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. It is great. I can't knock the thing itself. They've done it. They've done a beautiful job, but. Yeah, maybe it'll see the end. You know, things like this conspire to see them off. You know, to sort of people kind of get get a bit bored of it all. You know, God, I'm in a grumpy mood today. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, you,
1: f- you <laughs> fell right out of the grumpy tree this morning. Yeah,
0: I don't know what happened there, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Spitfire make you know very high quality sort of bespoke and characterful libraries that that seem to fit, you know, the mould for people who are kind of comp- working in the composition sphere. And so, you know, th- those sort of things are actually quite hard to find unless you've got them, you know, unless you've recorded them yourself. I know, Ben, Is this? I, I mean, you know, you, you presumably have done some composition for media, that sort of thing. I mean, it's a language and it's a vocabulary that people expect if you're working with a director, and it might well cover some of their embarrassment for a crap edit when you can make the, the edit work better by making it more dramatic somehow, you know. <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, I, I missed a lot of that. You turned into a buffering robot, my end, but... Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, very much mirror a little bit of um, what Dave and Gaz said. I think he's potentially signing off on, on some of this uh, stuff, and I hope, I'm fairly sure he will Um Now, Hans Zimmer's got the Blade Runner soundtrack I saw as well, which is a shame. I'd kind of like to hear what someone else would do with that. Um, I saw that he'd taken over for that one. I mean, it's great. If you're doing that kind of work, and I think you win up, A&R guys are going to request this stuff for some time from people doing TV, library music and things. Mm. Um, it's not much money for what you're getting.
0: No, but I suppose for me, not. I,
2: you know, I, I quite like repurposing odd bits of sound. I'd quite like to throw it in a little one-shot sampler and just use it for some of its low end. but, you know, throw it through other filters and play around. Sample fodder is kind of what I'd call that stuff, but i kind of throw anything in, in the sample fodder folder to try out. So, no, not really for me, um, but a, a great tool. And the Spitfire stuff, I mean, the first one of theirs I heard was the, um, the brass in the old World War II shelter, um, and the spaces that they're recording, and the control over the space on their products is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, they definitely, I mean, they've yeah. really created a, an art for it. You know, they've they've sort of, because they're, they're, they're relatively new, really. I mean, I know they've been going a while now, but they kind of, they came very much to the forefront with these sort of very specific bespoke, you know, where there's the Bernard Herrmann strings as well. And there's all these things that they just do, which fit a very specific creative niche and add those sort of voices. And I guess if you're working on a project where, you know, you might be getting paid to do that, then, you know, the, the cost of one of those libraries just to kind of voice it authentically is is negligible for that kind of thing and i think that's where they're obviously um scoring big on that. uh so yeah it's available i think it's available now i think what did i say i did say it's uh it's a yeah it's about uh 39 gigs uncompressed. uh no it's nine, 20 gigs space required uh contact version uh 5.6.8 or higher or contact uh, 8.6 or higher so you you don't need a full version of contact though i suspect you might get a bit more out of it if that's the case. Okay, um, I think it's probably time to take a word from our sponsors. Obviously, uh, Isotope RX6 are uh, uh, sponsoring the competition and uh, we very much appreciate it. And RX6 really is the kind of suite of tools to go to if you need to restore or fix any problems with audio we've got uh, de-noising de-clicking de-humming uh, de-popping uh, the spectral repair stuff is really astonishing I and mean, it's saved our bacon loads of time I and mean, quite often we might have the fan noise of somebody demonstrating in the studio and I just process it in real time with dialog denoise and it just gets it all away vocal cleaning tools particularly useful for today's pop production de-plosive breath control those kind of things save hours in the edit uh, you can get hold of this and download a, f- uh, a fully functional demo if you go to isotope.com forward slash rx6 and you can get the whole thing. Yeah, they've got batch processing, multi-channel, I think up to 16 tracks at the same time. So if there's a drum track, somebody drops something in the room or whatever, you can remove everything from current It really is a very powerful uh audio repair system well worth checking out if you work with audio at all and never come up with those sort of problems and of course we have the competition uh, last week we asked uh for the hashtag mixer fixer and rx6 and we have a winner uh, the the winner this week is uh twitter user a sorry underscore a peak a underscore a peaker. I think they said and they surely this surely would find this to be a really nifty package to add to my isotope ink mastering tools and yes indeed you are right you have in fact won this week's competition all you've got to do is get in touch if you check the about uh, form on Sonic State you could just send us a message and we'll get you hooked up as soon as possible and of course we've got another uh, opportunity to win this week you can win rx6 once again we're looking for the hashtag audio tools that's one word the hashtag audio tools and the hashtag rx6 at Sonic state and at Isotope isotope inc and uh you need twitter but all you've got to do is tweet those and add any other comments or stick a picture in there some um, we we do watch it and i know that isotope do monitor all their hashtags and the they quite often have these big screens up in their dining area where all of this stuff goes pie. So you may well be exposed to the entire isotope community if you enter the competition as well. So, yeah, once again, the audio tools hashtag, one word, and RX6, one word, at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That'll get you where you need to go. Right, uh, what's next? Oh, yeah, this was really interesting. I'd never heard of this before. This is something called the Voda, which uh, is... Not something I've ever heard of. Apparently, the world's first synthesizer, 1939. Uh, it was uh, a guy called Homer Dudley working at Bell Telephone Laboratories who created uh, a, a, a kind of like a tool for right for, for creating real-time speaking, and uh, it was operated by somebody who had the, a, a particular keyboard. I'll see if I could just a
1: little,
0: little expression. That's that's
1: Oops. Now will you have him repeat that in a high
2: voice?
1: <laughs> and now in his best
2: bass. <laughs> and this is astonishing when you changes. think this is He's 1939. Sure whether it's going to be a tenor or a bass, and the voter. The
0: I mean,
3: <laughs>
0: so I mean, uh, the idea is I think there's a shot of what what you have to do here. There's, so you have a keyboard which has different pitches and different plosives and, and, and different grand. vocal sounds. I'm and I've just thought, you know, in some ways, you know, not we talked about the uh, Vocaloid thing last week. I mean, it's it's not a million miles away from this, but it was done in 1939 and played almost like by a stenographer in many ways. And I'd never heard of this, but there's often the claim of the first synthesizer. I don't know, Dave, have you heard of this? No, I hadn't until
1: he sent it through. I want it just to annoy the missus, really.
0: <laughs> she's not. She's <laughs> not fond of vocoders, is she, or anything vocal? No, they
1: really. They're like they're like clowns for her. She's kind of like, oh, no, not another vocoder. In fact, there's one here that I've been mucking around with and she's just been like, can I break it? Um, yeah, interesting, really interesting looking thing. Kind of remarkable, really. Because actually, when you listen to it, the sound of a vocoder hasn't really changed, has it?
0: No, that's not actually a vocoder. It's actually formant, uh, it's formant filters in real time by this kind of ancient, um, you know, what's that 60 uh, nearly nearly 80 years old technology <laughs> yeah i mean that's amazing
1: absolutely amazing and it looks like one hell of a controller wouldn't it be amazing if you could get hold of that and then kind of put a couple of midi outs and cv outs and stuff like that and sit there like a stenographer kind of going doing all this weird stuff it'd be really cool
0: next to yeah,
1: my it... desk like an old emi desk
0: yeah, no, it's got a definitely a certain something about it. And I guess it's the sort of thing that, you know, it would be lovely to just have one, wouldn't it, as a sort of object of, oh, of, yeah. of rarity in the a centrepiece oh. to your bathroom or something, you know. <laughs> well, perhaps not the bathroom, although electricity might be a bit dangerous, obviously. Oh. Say again? Oh. I missed that. Oh, I think we're having a uh, bandwidth issue.
3: Ah, Am i back.
0: Yep, you're back. Sorry,
3: Gaz. Okay. Ooh, don't know what's going on there. Um, this video has only had about nine thousand views, and it's one of the best things I've seen in years. It's absolutely amazing. The thing that really got me is that they ask the the operator, and, it, and it's always women, isn't it? That they they, they ask to be, uh, to operate them. So I I don't quite know why why that is, but. Um, it took that particular operator a year to get as good as she, as she did. And I think she's doing it all in real time, like performing. It. So she's shaping all of the vowels and everything by playing the keys. As she's asking questions, <laughs> yeah, is that as she's, asking questions she's answering it. She's performing and she's using a foot pedal to vary the pitch. And it kind of struck me then that sort of people's own accents are going to kind of affect the way they play it. They're going to kind of maybe emphasise different pitches and whatnot. Uh, but it goes on in the.
0: Oh, I'm going to jump to Ben here because we're we're breaking up a little bit there. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, she had it speaking French as well a bit uh, earlier on in the show, which was kind of funky. Um, I don't know what it is. There's this sort of fascination with this kind of thing, isn't it? This notion of uh, of vocal. But, I mean, first synthesizer, lots of people claim to that. It's like the last Cornish-speaking person. You know, there's these various claims. I wonder if it is. I think 1930, I think, when was the uh, Nova That was 1940-something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think
2: think it claimed first vocoder, someone said. But as you said, it's not a a vocoder Hmm per se from human voice against the synth. Looking at the kind of circuit diagram that comes up, it, as Dave said, it's amazing that this was 1939. The sound's not changed that much. The method of some synthesized waveform, and I think they call it hiss on the diagram, respectively, um, and formant filtering, amazing. It's, it's barely changed. Um my friend Matthew pointed out the dope for vocoder, which I think's discontinued and has been a while, sounds very close to this. Um, <laughs> um, if anyone's want us to... again, it's another thing you're probably not gonna get your hands on, uh, but a lot more recent. Amazing and the articulation in French as well. Um and as Gaz said, accents coming through. Um made me a little sad actually, in that she'd spent over a year learning how to do that. And so many of us are guilty in the electronic world of of not actually putting time in to learn an instrument, kind of forgetting that that's what this stuff is, potentially, (laughs) if it's used that way. Um, Amazing to spend a year on that and be able to articulate that way.
3: Totally blown away. I'm I'm
0: just trying to see if there's a... A, a a credit for the lady who played it um i did read somewhere that she w- trained up 20 operators i can't imagine why you would use uh um that particularly but i mean it's an it was uh it was it was uh, uh debuted at the 1939 new york world's fair so uh you know that's that and there is reference to this and i guess that must have been like a, a an old fashioned uh kind Of recording straight to disc, uh, to, to vinyl disc of the presentation. I mean, it sounded very scripted and what have you, but yeah, great thing. I mean, lo- I, I just love the idea that this thing exists. I wonder if there are actually any in the world because I, I mean, I don't know how many uh, they would have made. I can't oh. see, Dave. That's got to be something, for, it? yeah, it's got to be something for your collection. I mean, or maybe the diagram yeah. allows you know it to be rebuilt somehow, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're basically resonators. I mean the whole vocoding thing started, wasn't it, to save bandwidth on telephone lines? I think that's kind of how it was developed originally. I was just disappointed she wasn't wearing a white coat. Did you remember that? it's in, in school, you know, when you had the VHS recorder. Like you know, at the end of term, they'd uh, they bring in some TV, and there was it was always a bloke in a white coat, wasn't there?
0: Who'd set it? Who set up the, the, the to school technician the
1: VHS yeah. recorder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I always thought was quite sinister. Um. So, yeah, I was, that was my only disappointment with this video. Is she wasn't wearing a white lab coat.
0: Never mind. Um. But well worth mm-hmm. checking out, uh, I would say, But uh, if you get an opportunity. Um. Right, I'm just going to uh, – I wonder if I can play this without actually um, incurring any kind of copyright. Let's see. This is uh, a very brief excerpt of uh, – Bjork's, or Bjork, Bjork, Bjork's new track, uh, which is the gate of the new album, Utopia. And it's it's a thing of absolute beauty and seems to be kind of quite universally uh, critically acclaimed. Although I have to say it's very uh, out there. The video is awesome. And uh, she's been working with a guy called Arca, who is a Venezuelan producer she worked on the last album with. And it's really very non-standard. But I won't play it all because we'll probably end up getting busted by it. But a uh, new album from Bjork. I mean, as we know, Bjork's been with us. I don't know how many albums she's made, but, you know, I don't know about you, but throughout my musical journey through life, her, tracks from her have been present all the way along. So it's nice to hear another one, even if this one sort of is not as immediately accessible. Um, proper art, though, don't you think, Gaz? Muted? Okay proper art then dave don't you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is
1: she's amazing she's amazing i've i've had the sort of privilege of meeting her as i know your andy has and she's just like one of those people that you just don't say anything around because you're just trying to soak up talking about and i love that there's a fantastic video where she talks about it's really early on where she talks about television I'd recommend everybody go and watch that if they haven't seen it already. She's saying it's like the antithesis of art and whatnot. It's just, yeah, I love her. I think she's, I think she's very special, and uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. In fact, I've, I've, I was kind of a fan from day one. You remember the sugar cubes?
0: Yeah, I mean, her fact, vocals I was, I, was astonishing.
1: I did an interview or did uh, did some text for uh, an online thing and uh, they were talking about in the 80s a company had come out with a sub bass and now they're making uh, sensors for you know self-driving cars and how it was quite an amazing thing to release a sub bass in the 80s because and actually everything in the 80s was all about the snare which immediately reminded me of that Sugar Cubes thing, which came out in the 80s, that first album, which was Blue Eyed Pop, wasn't it? This is Blue Eyed Pop, £1,000 snare drum sound. And for me, that just summed up, just that one little phrase summed up all of the 80s.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's definitely got that uh, on the mark. And of course, you know, the, the, all the kind of early collaboration. Was it, um, did she work with Johnny Dollar and all those kind of guys back, back in the 90s as well? I'm pretty sure uh, um, she sort of tended to, tended to kind of, always gravitate towards the sort of slightly left of centre, kind of more out there producers. And, and this guy, uh, Arka is I was watching some of his his solo material and it's equally kind of non-standard and really kind of quite challenging. It's great stuff, but, you know, and it's just brilliant that these two people have kind of been able to collaborate like that. Oh, ben, as Bjork, uh, I know you're a bit younger than us. I don't know if Bjork has uh, figured in your musical journey through life.
2: Um, yeah, I, I was really fortunate to have some amazing music teachers that around... Thirteen, fourteen, were playing me Apex Twin and Square Pusher, um, to the point I remember for my school, my school music exams. He played bass, and I played drums, and we tried to recreate "Come to Daddy." Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty kind of full on from entering teenage years in terms of musical education. Um, yeah, amazing! I absolutely love this. Um, really great art piece. The way that um, she kind of. The kind of portamento, the kind of slewing in a voice between notes, it almost sounds like when I first started editing vocals in Melodyne, it kind of steps to the next note, but strangely kind of bends to the next note as well. It's really kind of odd and robotic, and it seems to be a thing that kind of Icelandic, Nordic, Baltic singers have. Um, ah,
0: uh, yeah, I, I love that. It's kind
2: of work of that female voice from that part of the world um totally amazing um the articulation in the backing vocals as well it's almost like um in, in terms of note choice and execution almost like a string quartet at one point it's fairly back in the mix but amazing use of backing vocals yeah just really blown away with it the sense of space as well in this one um i was listening to the iMac and then again in the car on my phone earlier then I brought it up on the speakers before the show. Um, it's kind of wet and big, sonically, without being drowned and mushy, which I'm a real hard thing to balance. It's so well produced. Yeah.
0: Wet and big's a, a contender for the show title there, Ben, I'm afraid. That's, uh, that's a, 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 crack, a cracking <laughs> phrase to anybody who I don't know if uh, Gaz is back with us audio-wise. Mm, no, he seems to have lost his audio. That's a bit of a weird one. You might need to re-reboot uh, your browser there. Sorry about that, Gaz. I, I'm, I'm sure you have something to say, but it might just be that we have to pass that one on. Um, uh, uh, while we're, I'll tell you what. While Gaz sorts that out, I'll uh, I'll just plug our uh, our Wave Junction synth, of course, uh, Max for Live synth that you can buy directly from us in conjunction with Metafunction. Uh, it's basically got two oscillators, multi-wave oscillators. Three multi-mode filters with some really great-sounding modes in there. I've also got wavetable on those oscillators as well. Uh, There are five envelopes, five LFOs, and a 12-slot modulation matrix as well. So there's plenty of stuff to play with. Does work in Ableton Live, uh, Max for Live, and we're offering a 10% discount Uh, if you head over to bitly/slash Wave Junction. You can get to our store page where you can order it. And just enter in the code WJTALK17. That's WJTALK17. All the sounds on this track, apart from the drums, are in fact made using Wave Junction. So just uh, get your 10% discount, bit.ly slash Wave Junction. Use the code WJTALK17. So uh, I don't know if uh, Gaz is back with us now. If he speaks, we might hear him. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Look at that. Yes. Did you want to come in on Bjork? But,
3: um... um yeah, I, I think everybody articulated very similar feelings I've got. Uh, she's yeah, she's amazing. I remember a few years ago and she did the Medulla album, which was made entirely out of her own voice. Everything that you heard was just her voice. And I think I think that was uh, using melodyne a lot, actually, that for that particular album. Um she's always someone who's embraced the latest things in technology including you know as, uh, visually as much as audio really um and apps and all sorts of things so i think uh yeah wonderful the world is most definitely a better place with bjork in it
0: absolutely there was a great uh, review on fact mag where um the, the reviewer just gave a 10 out of 10 for kind of all, all the different aspects, you know, fifty out of ten just for being Bjork, but because uh, his editor meant that he could only score ten out, of, you know, out of ten, he, he had to just say, well, ten out of ten for the for the track. But it's really weird because it's bucking the trend. I mean, it's so different to anything else out there. It's very non-standard. I mean, it's hard; it's quite hard to follow. There's almost no meter through it. It just kind of takes you kind of on a bit of a journey.
3: There's an amazing, like panning sort of synth sound, which correlates with what's going on visually I, i've listened to it in conjunction with the visuals as well so not quite sure how some of those panning sounds whether they'll be a bit incongruous uh, without the visuals but the sound i'm not quite sure what the sound is it's one of the best sounds i've heard in a long time it's amazing
2: yeah you know
0: well nice I mean? to... yeah nice probably used. maybe it's using ancient <laughs> roland rss technology who knows it's completely possible <laughs> Um, okay, what's next? Uh, that's the Bjork. Uh, oh, yeah, did we? Did anyone see the evolution of dance music over the last 100 years? This is 1800 to, to, to uh, well, more than 200 years, actually. So we started, uh, I think we can play it, we started off with uh, traditional African music, then we go through uh, various folks, blues, jazz, Dixieland, and then suddenly around uh, and various uh, gospel, uh, old R&B, soul music coming through the 70s, and then suddenly synth pop in the early 70s then coming back and then just bang this massive explosion of multiple genres which i think correlates pretty much with the advent of mtv and that kind of global music network but it's quite an interesting little infographic this is over at uh thompson.co.uk i don't know if that's the travel people but it's a bizarre thing for them to have to transfer maybe it is i'll just see let's see if i can get to the actual root of this i wonder if it is that would be very bizarre if it's the holidays it is. Why is that on top? <laughs> That's on the Thompson <laughs> Thompson Travel blog. I didn't even. Think- what a bizarre! What a bizarre, bizarre thing that! I don't know where that came from. I don't know. They're rebranding, aren't they? They're being called a uh, Tui to go with their logo. I've seen some advertisers uh, advertising on this. It's is bizarre, isn't it? Uh, Dave, got any thoughts on this? I mean, it's an interesting. You know, that suddenly from kind of pretty much just basic uh, Dixieland and swing, suddenly we go to kind of everything all at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Controversial view on all of the all of the different genres of music and how they were, uh, how they came to be. In that they all seem to coincide with drugs, different drugs. Ah, that too. And, they, and there is this argument that, as certain drugs come on the market, then you see a whole new genre of music based on it. And when you think the ubiquity of kind of ecstasy around that period. And then all of a sudden you've just got this kind of tons and tons and tons of different genres. So, yeah, slightly controversial there, but I've I've yet to see it disproved.
3: What genre is is all the ketamine created then?
1: Oh, that's... I mean, it's got to be shoegaze, hasn't uh, it, really?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Ambient droning music, that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Chill out, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know, Ben, is this... Uh, it's, I mean, it's just a little kind of uh, quirky little thing. I, 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 I come. I must confess I, I guess that the, the Thompson link is probably to do with world travel, am I guessing with that? That might be it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love... Even just that as an image, the final image, I'd love that, going on my package holiday kind of thing and uh, flicking through on the plane. Yeah, great. Um, it's nice to see some geographical things. Sometimes see these graphs of... More focused, maybe, like where punk came from, and it kind of works its way back um, across a graph. But, yeah, I really liked it. It's nice to see that side, the, the geographical thing, which, as you say, is the Thompson link, however odd that is. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go too into the kind of micro genre. I feel like you could pick some of those genres and do the same kind of size graphic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Certainly like... You know, all the micro house, tech house, techno house, it could go on forever. All the different subsets of kind of grime and garage meeting for dubstep as well. Um, I'm sure I was looking at it, because we have a similar picture up in, in one of the um, my kind of teaching spaces, and someone always picks something in it. You know, why isn't techno li- linked back to dubstep? Because that links back to dub, or someone always finds fault. But, yeah, I, very, I liked it. It was great having the little video kind of slider
0: to slide along as well it's bizarre isn't it i can't imagine what it must be like having to research that and whether or not you know then somebody could check your work because i mean it's the sort of thing you'd have to be pretty mono focused to be able to kind Mm -hmm. of pull off i'd imagine i don't know uh gas are you uh what 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 do you think are you mtv or drugs that's another
3: mtv is 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 another drug isn't it really um well when it came out it
0: was very new yeah i suppose
3: No, but I mean, you know, it's quite addictive. It's kind of very colourful. People would, you know, just watch it for hours on end, so I suppose. Uh, uh, I think looking at this thing, I thought it was a little bit frustrating purely from a a European point of view. I I felt that Europe wasn't properly, uh, in the earlier part, uh, represented um, in terms of, you know, I think, like, a lot of the dance music, although... A big aspect of it came from uh, Chicago and Detroit, uh, but I think it tapped into something um, that was part of like kind of the the, the the British folk scene and and rock rock music. You know, rock music's had an enormous effect on dance music. Yeah, and, skiffle uh,
0: that came. You know? That was a big big
3: focus, wasn't it? No, no. Yeah, I mean, so that, I just,
0: seriously, yeah. seriously. I mean,
3: it was. It was. You're right. You're right. So I just felt that it was just. I didn't think it was really that interesting i think it was all a little bit too simplistic nice to see bristol though on there as sort of for our contribution there with trip hop that every person who's had anything to do with that genre hates the the term and denies any involvement with it <laughs> but, well um, i well just just
0: on a, a on a plus new age ambient and industrial rock gets uh, credited to europe so uh exclusively ah. and then what else do we get uh, we get uh, i'm just going to zip forward here france synth pop yeah i can get that daft punk i suppose ambient and then any other genres turn up? oh no it's just the root hard house prog house industrial edm looks like belgium london jungle big letter breakbeat hardcore just uk generally indie dance post-punk trip hop yeah in bristol uh new school breaks uk garage speed garage god there are so many sub genres not there here yeah, it's Grime, dubstep, yeah. I mean, they are showing up, but, you know, if that's, the, if that's what you're interested in, then I suppose, you know, just a fun little infographic there anyway. Yeah, so, uh, What can you say? Did I ever tell you about that about that thing?
1: Did I ever tell you about that thing we used to do at Nam when people would come by and kind of go, is this useful for... And they'd name this really obscure genre. And we'd kind of go, yeah, yeah. Anyway, a few of us got together and decided that we'd invent a genre. And we'd go, yeah, yeah, it's good for carriage, and this, that, and the other. And crowd. And then eventually... You try and see it in print that whatever somebody was selling was great for crowd music, and at one point we really did see that happen.
0: Ah, oh, well done! It's nothing like a bit of uh, sub uh, subterfuge there and, uh, and subversive subversive media manipulation, sort of something that we've become much more familiar with in recent years, of course. Um, OK, right. Uh, is it worth just a, a quick chat on the new Apple stuff? I mean, it came out a while back, and I didn't really want to do anything about it. Um, obviously, we've got the new Apple Watch, which is now actually a phone, 400 quid. The £1,000 iPhone X, which a $1,000 iPhone X. Uh, more importantly, though, iOS 11 seems more interesting. Gaz, you showed me some of the iOS 11 stuff, and it, it's really interesting the way that's it's now... Because we were worried that the desktop was starting to go more to mobile but now it seems like that mobile is starting to move towards the similarities with desktop i don't know whether that's by design or whether it's through you know whether it's trying to kind of what it's what agenda it's pushing you've you've uh, been using ios 11 right
3: yeah uh definitely uh from the ipad perspective is is an enormous improvement in terms of what you would possibly want it to be uh in terms of having some access to your files rather than you know one of the most frustrating things throughout throughout ios's existence is the absolutely oh god don't get me started on this just that horrible data sort of uh, channel and having to use stinking stinking itunes as a as a conduit for your data oh, oh my good, oh god what a, uh, what a clunky awful design that is and apple are really oh sometimes just want sort to of slap them around their face And while we're at this, you know, they're kind of wafting their blooming iPhone X around. I want... The phone, as soon as it runs out of batteries, the moment I plug it back in to come back online immediately. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're on that important phone call and it goes off. You plug it in you go, come back on, come back on, come back on. And it takes like forever to come back on. That's what people want. They don't want extra thinness or whatever other bloody bollocks they're sort of pushing. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, rant aside. That's oh, honestly fair, fair such play. a wind up, that is. But coming back to the iOS 11 thing and iPad, the iOS 11 thing, um, you know, uh, it is making the iPad uh, a more serious tool in terms of, I think certainly for graphic designers and uh, content creators or whatever, and the way that you can just, um, the multitasking is much more elegant now and the way that you can just sort of drag two apps together and just sort of um, drag and drop between apps. You know, this is kind of like standard desktop computer or laptop computer abilities. But, um, you know, together with the very fluid, multi-touch kind of workflow that iOS is very good for, I think this does represent a very, yeah, definitely um, a positive evolution of the platform. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I haven't tried it out yet, but uh, I I guess I'm going to at some point. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, although we've got a ton of iOS devices here. I mean, I just don't use them. And I, I think that's, again, I was going back to the kind of notion of context. I mean, we use our iPad all the time for our video switching system. That's fine. But it, all it's doing is an interface to some MIDI data. I mean, I'm, I'm just not using it elsewhere. And I think I think that's the... Uh, I think once you overcome that hurdle and you start using it seriously, and as we've seen, you know, in recent uh, months and, and probably a year or so, there have been some really big leaps in terms of certainly for musical ability, musical uh, creativity, uh, just very serious sounding instruments and kind of uh, um, creative devices and creative uh, environments, you know, DAWs and the like. i right, Ben, have you have you up, have you updated everything to your iOS eleven, or are you not uh, not so bothered?
2: No. Uh, Not so bothered. Making phone calls from the watch. Yeah, that's cool. If you've got the watch and you use it, you know, you're running or whatever you do. But I wasn't interested in the watch in the first place. I kind of find it odd that you couldn't make calls from it anyway. No, is it Sierra, the new um, desktop operating system that's causing a few issues? I'm sure I've seen Ah. a few company emails saying, hold off, we're Mm -hmm. trying to find a fix. As you often see with with the operating system upgrades.
0: Yeah, well, that te- that does tend to happen, doesn't it? I mean, and you know, as we know, the creative uh, community, or certainly the audio creative community, is not always first on the list. But it it's it's not. So, I get what was the first, last time that happened? It was uh, was it El Capitan, wasn't it, Dave? That I think the real big kind of like everything's broken. I guess you've probably got access to Ice High Sierra. You probably test it and stuff. I don't know if you're allowed to say anything or or whatever, is but it out? Uh, uh, it's out. Okay,
3: is it? Is it out?
0: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me
3: have a look. Twenty uh, fifth. It's been out two days. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Can...
1: Yeah, I was in high Sierra mode for a little while. Uh, I think we dodged a bullet again. It's weird because you get kind of you know various builds and you test on various builds, and at a certain point certain things are broken, and then gradually things come together. I think what I I, I I do find this idea of one operating system a year incredibly tedious and i don't think it's any good mm. for users really because if you want to keep working yeah. you really can do without all of this uh constant up- i mean it's getting about as naggy as that paper clip uh, particularly on the phone <laughs> i mean i'm still on i'm still on ios 10 on the phone and even that, you know, it's like, oh, there's an update. Do you want to update? Do you want to update tomorrow? Should we do it overnight for you? Would you update? And if you don't, then just push delay. And it's just like, I'll oh, be the judge. Of
0: no, there, there is, there's, 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 there's no, no, I don't at all. It's just tomorrow in an hour, yeah. Like tonight. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Never let me decide. Um, there are, yeah, I mean, there are certain things I would always recommend everybody hold off on a new OS, particularly on a mac os
0: um any kind of production system, until yeah. things
1: have been sorted out yeah if you want to work you know if you want to keep working and you do an update mm. well for you know there is an element of me that thinks won well, you deserve pain but uh there are things like uh old versions of logic and final cut pro won't work on high sierra mm. so again you're into another update and if you need to constantly regress to old things i mean i end up And this sounds awful and I I don't like it, but nine times out of 10, I end up buying another machine and then you've got your stuff kind of frozen in time on the machine that you have been working on and then you've got the machine that's the modern machine and it all just gets a bit much year after year after year. Just fix Mm. stuff. Be nice to people and just fix stuff.
0: Yeah, um, I'd just like to say that uh, forty-two in the chat room said there's a a great article on Sweetwater uh, about uh, ten point uh, thirteen, which you can uh, check out. I think I might be able to post that into the the links oh. there. So yeah, uh, I I haven't read it up, but the, as this sort of rather uh, came up suddenly, uh, sorry, Gaz, there did you want th- to come in? Yeah.
3: There- Well, only that thing about uh, iOS 11 uh, has seen off any 32-bit apps completely now. So unless the app developers have made it 64-bit compatible, then it's so a lot of music apps have bitten the dust, uh, including uh, Alchemy, uh, which has sort of, um, you know, since Alchemy was bought by Apple uh, and then sort of (laughs) shoehorned <laughs> into garage band and whatnot. Uh the the actual standalone app, which was really cool. Uh that's that's one of the casualties now. Um so it's just one thing to bear in mind. And I it did post I did wonder then about that 64 bit thing. Uh High Sierra obviously being 64 bit platform. Um, so like is there any 32 bit platform still widely in use now? That's my question.
0: Mm. Well, I guess there might be some legacy uh, legacy audio apps, possibly. I don't know. I, I haven't really thought. I mean, the thing is, you can't do this on iOS. You can back up your machine, but it won't back up the OS. But, you know, obviously on, on a, a desktop machine, the same for Windows or whatever, just mm. uh, either on Windows. Uh, I think 7 and up, you can do a system restore disk, which will basically just save everything in your system drive to a disk image, and you can bring it back with uh, a restore CD. Same with uh that's what I do. Also, you know, we do. We have uh, uh, imager. I don't use any of the Apple mm-hmm. products for that, though. I use uh, Carbon Copy Cloner. Take a sparse image uh, clone of your system drive and stick it on an external drive, and then you can just copy it straight back on and overwrite. So if you do end up in a situation where you just need to regress, you've got actually a, a full working kind of copy of that. And it, But it's bizarre that Apple's own disk imaging program d- d- didn't used to work. You know, you couldn't, right. you just go, yeah, I need a snapshot of my drive now. And then you try and bring it up and go, no, there's a problem. And it was just like, I, I got burned too many times with that.
3: I think the point I was trying to make though is, is has the transition to 64-bit now with iOS 11 being 64-bit only is you know is that is that the state of affairs have we now finally got you know is now 64-bit you know practically you know is, is, is is that where we're at now to see what I mean it's taken a while for this transition to happen like five or six years I suppose
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's entirely Mm. possible. Uh, Good, good question. I guess uh, time will tell. I mean, you know, people. I mean, the problem is, is obviously, you know, we might still be using. Some people might still be using apps that where the developers no longer developing. So, you know, you might find that you're using something that you really love, and it's never going to be 64-bit because the developers out of business or moved on or changed direction or whatever. And those are things. And that's thing you can't do. And you should be able to do snapshot your your device, your your handheld device, so that you could just bring it back to a, a state beforehand you know, with the host OS at that that state as well. That would be very useful. And I guess that will probably come in time. But as with most handheld devices, they are generally designed to be connected and networked. So therefore, you know, there's an argument that that that's a reason why not. Although I, I can't think why. Uh, there you go. Um, it feels like we're probably a a good point to... Uh, to, to finish up now, I think we've finally got there. It seems like the, uh, the, the streaming issues are finally fixed, and I'm sorry that people are having bandwidth stuff. In, in fact, I think I might uh, revert to an older version of the OS for this machine uh, just to make sure that it goes back to um, working properly, because I think it is, but I did upgrade a, a software program. But anyway, uh, Dave, thank you very much for joining me. Um, Dave Spears, g4software.com. Okay. Don't forget to check out the uh, Mtron not the Mtron, the Chambertron. Chamberlintron, Chambertron will be Chambertron something completely right. different it's on a deal
1: until next oh it's on a deal until the third anyway we're doing a 50 percent deal uh and by the Mm -hmm. way nick thank you um for your um dolby book recommendation i did download the audio uh what's it called audio book yeah that's how top modern i am uh and i'm nearly at the end and it's been yeah it was really fascinating (laughs) so thanks for that
0: Excellent. Well, I'm glad you got that. That was uh, I think it's called uh the speed of sound, is that what it's called? At the speed of sound, yes. I think is Thomas Dolby's autobiography, which he reads himself. If you mm. uh if you check out Audible, very worth listening. Um so yeah, if you if you do tend to read lots of references for people of a certain age. And uh at the end, Dave, I think what you've got uh, when you hear the song that he plays at the end, which is a song his uh, honestly, I was in, I was in floods of tears because it had so much more meaning than than perhaps it had previously. But thanks for joining us, Dave. It's been a very much pleasure. Uh, ben, also, thank you for joining us too. Uh, I'm, uh, I am I hope you go back to your lovely domestic bliss and uh, enjoying the, the joys of your child while they still can't talk back to you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she's enjoying random uh, modular noise, giving her all the token, audio rate, FM, throw everything at everything just to see what noises she replies with. And she's not offended by any of it. Um, which I guess is a good thing. Um, yeah, I think I'll see you guys at SynthFest, actually, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, a
0: couple of weeks. We'll uh, be going to SynthFest if anyone's going to be there. Uh, I think myself and Gaz will be going. I don't know if Dave will be going, but we'll be around the place. Uh, so, yeah, do do go to Synth, SynthFest in Sheffield uh, on the th- uh, 6th of October, October, I think it is. 7th of October, do beg your pardon. Uh, synthfest.co.uk you can find out all the information about that and of course Mr Gaz Williams thank you very much for joining us too um thanks for persevering mm. with your uh audio issues mm. and we seem to have you perfectly now
3: thank you oh cool yeah. so uh, uh Dave a book you should read next if you haven't read it already is the, the the history of the KLF uh I don't know if you've read it it's the most amazing book probably the best book about music that I've ever read and it's sort of, you'd think why would that be the case with the, K- with the KLF? It's just the way that it taps into Discordia. <laughs> I read the Illuminati. It, I the John Higgs one.
1: Drummond's. Uh, no, I read Drummond's I uh, biography years and years ago, which, again, was pretty mm. amazing.
2: Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No,
1: I'll, earmark, I'll earmark this one. Thank you. John Higgs one.
3: Yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Because, so, um, of course, the KLF, um, you know, they famously uh deleted their entire catalog and then went onto the isle of jura in scotland and burned a million pounds the reason why i mention that is that uh they did a short tour of playing the film of the burning of a million pounds and then vowed that they wouldn't talk about it for 23 years well, that all discordians know what 23 uh the symbolism of 23 is but that 23 years was up uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh They've launched um, a new book now, I think. Uh, 20, yeah, twenty twenty three. They did a they did a three day event in Liverpool that sounded absolutely incredible. Uh, a friend of mine went up to it, um, and it was a very mysterious event. No one knew exactly what was going to go on, and then they turned up in this ice cream van uh, with all Ukraine, like a Ukrainian ice cream van. It all ties in with, and they've written this new book. But um, one of the things that was absolutely brilliant. Um, everybody who attended that uh, event, they had, to, um, they had to fill in this questionnaire. And one of the things in the questionnaire was uh, you'd have to list a particular um, like a skill that you've got. And they went through the skills and they assigned jobs for everybody. So people had gone up there expecting to be there for three days, but they didn't know what, they, what was expected of them. And one of the things that they had to do was uh, people who listed that they were musicians, uh, they formed a band called Badger Cult. This is magical with a K. Ooh, I wonder how much of this I should mention. But uh, <laughs> they had to then play at the end of the three days a gig. Magical had to do a gig. But some people, their job was to be... Um, Magical fanatics, like like Uber <laughs> fanatics of this band, Magical, included two of the guys who went from Bristol got magical tattoos. <laughs>
0: Blimey, you know.
3: So I mean, this touches the cult around all this. It, it, you know, people were so caught up in it. I um, oh, will have to check it out what's it called.
0: This, what's it called, Gaz? Uh, the,
3: well, the the book that they launched is called Twenty Twenty Three. Uh, but this event in Liverpool, I think, was a Ostensibly was a book launch, but, um, but unlike any other book launch, if you just look up Badgical and that's Badger KUWL uh, on, say, Twitter, for instance, you can see the, a whole load of people went and did badgical graffiti all over Liverpool. Right. And just total chaos. Sounds so, like Which fun. all fits into the whole magic and sort of um, magic and chaos of the K Foundation and KLF.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, that's it for this week, and we will see you all again next time. Uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsors. Don't forget, check out Isotope slash RX6 for your uh, audio restoration needs. We'll see you next time. Take care.